Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Tonight, we are joined by a legend in the world of Moralia. This is Michael Pinnell uh, from Pythons in a Pear Tree. He's been on the show a couple times before. You probably have heard the name M. Penn. Um, we have talked about it endlessly numerous, on the show. Numerous times. Way too many <laughs> yes. times. Not um, good. But, it, <laughs> but it, is, it is Michael's line of coastal carpet pythons. Um, so if pretty. Yeah. <laughs> if you're new to carpet pythons, this is a guy that you should know about. His coastal carpets are probably, I, dare I say, the best in the U.S.? I, would you agree with that it, statement? It's it, it, it's hard for me because it's like they it, they were and like I'm like right up there oh. and I think and then like Brisbane showed up and I'm thinking those are the only things that could like possibly dog it out so it's like now it's a toss up no. between like a penal and a Brisbane oh, we're separating gonna, we're separating I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you so a, much easier. Uh, yeah I'm gonna give you a lifeline here I'm throwing it okay. out then, Brisbane's yes. Yes, is, is something separate. I'm talking different. about selectively bred. Yes, coastal yes. carpet pythons. 100%. They're 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 clean. They have colors on them that I've not seen in any other line of coastal carpet python. Um, then and like you can ju- you just know looking at it that it's an they're immediately. Line. Yeah, exactly. immediately you can tell. Yeah. What what kills me is that. Most of them have been bred into tiger, and I want pure M pen line stuff. And it's like I know a guy who's got like three of them, and he just won't do what I want him to do. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy. (laughs) He's a guy I know, and he just won't make babies for me. So it's like if you did, I would be down there. I'd watch them like catch. Like I'd be like, I want that one, that one. That one, this one, it's like, it, yeah, just give me the whole box. Uh, build me later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll take these to sell at hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, hey, would you sell those weapons? Yeah, I don't know. That didn't happen. What? Yeah. <laughs> They're mine now. <laughs> right. But interestingly enough, as much as Owen, if you listen way back to the beginning, Owen is the coastal carpet python guy. I mean, that was his thing. That was his favorite thing. That's what he did. That's all he did. He didn't do anything else. He didn't want any parts of anything else. You know, looking back. He's never been on the show when Michael was on. on. And now you are. Well, dude, I was talking with somebody today. I was talking to uh, other buddy. And he's like, well, you're going to be on with Michael, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, tell him I said hi. I'm like, well, it's a toss-up whether I'm going to be on there or not. He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, something always ends up happening. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to, like, fall down the stairs going to the thing. Like, yeah, I can get hit by lightning any minute now. Like, something always ends up happening. And uh, we met Michael at Southern Carpet Fest. And he yeah. was so, like, laid back and cool. And I'm, like, quiet because I'm like, I don't know what to say. And it idiot like you know (laughs) you moron but it was like uh it's just it's awesome and he's such a cool dude and i've loved his carpets and his line that's like we we talk about what kind of got you into carpets and what kind of got you into the stuff you were working with i mean 
you, you saw your first couple like major lines of IJs and you kind of knew that that's what you wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a dirt ugly coastal followed by two Ted Thompson coastals. And then I got an M pen uh, coastal bright yellow, oh. gorgeous animal. And I'm like, right. that's what did it. For me. That was it. I was done. I was coastals. I was M pens. It was like, that was my fourth snake. And you know, uh, I've been chasing that one since. Like I've I've had I've been trying to get an animal like her since I lost her, and I just can't get back there. So now she was the one that you bred to the the caramel to. Way back I never bred her. I never bred that one. I did you have a male? Uh, I had a boy, and I bred that. I, I I had a the thing is like I had a girl. I had this first girl, and then I picked up the male to breed to her, and. She ended up dying before I got to breed them. And then I got another female and I was an idiot and I split the pair and I sent them off with like a caramel and a tiger. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, you, you <laughs> moron. They were there. Like, you uh, had if, them in your hands. And if then, only uh, older Owen could talk to younger older, Owen. Oh, younger <laughs> Owen such an idiot. Uh, um, and then she bred the one year, and she had a clutch of tigers, gorgeous animals, which I sold all of them. Again, what were you thinking? So it's oh, – um, dear. <laughs> I know. But then I, I know exactly what I was thinking. It was the, well, she's a proven breeder now. I'll breed her next year to what I want. That's great. And that was – do you remember the one that she got uh, – she tore her intestine and ended up having be, becoming septic? Um Yes. Yep, and I had to run her to Denish like an hour before mm-hmm. the show. It's like, yeah, that was that was her, and that killed me. And then I had the male, and he was here for a while. And um, I think I bred him to a tiger, a jag. I bred him to a few things, and then he ended up dying and stuff too. But it's like, and then I haven't had an M pen since then. So, you know, I, I think I well, think he ended up I think he ended up dying right around the time you got your three. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh good, and then killing me <laughs> so it's <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah uh i um i was I, you know in putting together the show i was looking at the facebook page there's quite a few things that i'm gonna have to talk to him about later on once this stuff hatches you know but uh yeah, Owen, I'm sure he still works with the line. I'm sure so he sure has. I know. You I could know. just buy it directly I know from I him. Call you know him. I, mean? I know this. <laughs> this is uh, in my brain, okay? It's just oh, like how, dear. Owen, why haven't you done Brisbane? I don't know. I'm just waiting. Just <laughs> right. Like, why aren't you, why haven't you done these things? I don't know. You know the people that call. I know. I'll get there. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. Okay, Someone told me you know, I'm not allowed to buy any snakes this year, okay? We're no, you so can buy them after we buy the tickets to Australia. I know, we're so close to booking the tickets. You can't. Don't do this to me. I've been so good. Yeah. We added like 12 animals, okay? It's, it's just it's fine. <laughs> oh, only 12. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. As long as you got the money for the trip. I don't care. All right. Dude. So let's, let's do some help. You're good. Okay, let's do some housekeeping real quick, and then we'll get Michael on here and get it going. Uh, So Northeast Carpet Fest, we are, what, three weeks away? Three weeks away. Three weeks away. Oh, my God. And my pool cover is not off yet. I had somebody who was supposed to come out today. Wait, somebody was supposed to come out today. They'll be out tomorrow. 
hopefully okay. everything will be taken care of. Because, dude, I, I was trying to, like, there's just no way. I, I have to get somebody <laughs> professional to do it. There's just no way. There's no way. Matt was going to come over and help me. I'm just like, right. there's no way. Me, me and Matt will have heart attacks trying to take this off. The carpet festival will be canceled. It would just be a bad thing. So, oh, we'd still have uh, it in your uh, in your guys' honor. It would be, it'd be oh, right. okay. I mean, awesome. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll soldier on. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Drink some uh some uh what is it? Uh, moonshine tea for me. Yeah, you know I mean? pour a little yeah. moonshine tea out for you. It's yeah, yeah, got it. Too bad he didn't make it to the tenth year of Carpet Fest. You know it was funny yeah. in my feed in my Facebook feed today, it was yeah. three years ago today was the Carpet Fest at your house. And I was like, God damn, I've hosted three of these things so far. Yeah, like, yeah, just no wonder killing me. I know it's and and you know what, dude? I've been I, it, racking my brain of how we're gonna do it next year, and I have a potential solution, but I gotta get it. The you know the park down near my house you can rent out, but there's no alcohol, and I'm like crap. So, you know, Thanks. we're thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, I gotta find you something. Know, you yep. you know where it's gonna be. It's gonna be here again. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I've just but, you know that. it's <laughs> trying to make sure that you know your wife doesn't kill you when you sleep with a pillow. You know yeah. that's all I'm trying to do. So just get me to the tenth year. We'll be good after that. All right. So June eighth. Oh, this uh, June eighth is the uh, is the date. Warminster, PA. Um, basically it's a snake nerd barbecue. Um, so right. you can, you can just, uh, come and hang out. Um, it's going to be amazing people. Apparently it's also going to be lobster fest. Um, so. I don't, I, I just, <laughs> I turn them loose and they just come out with all this craziness. It's like, um, they don't even, they yeah. don't even ask permission anymore. They just do. And I'm like, excellent. Good. Go. I totally fine with all you're doing. Yeah. Nick Scally messaged me today and said that the raccoons are going to have a feast in my backyard with all the <laughs> Again? shells that are left over. Oh, dude, I don't have lizards be a lot. Last year, I just collected all the uneaten crawfish, hosed them down, and gave them to my lizards. It's like I don't have them this year, so yeah, yeah. Your, oh, your yeah. dog's going to be bringing in crawfish bodies like for the next eight months. Yeah. So yeah. the food is going to be crazy. So let's just to get yeah. something clear about the auction real quick because I had a couple people yeah. message me. We're not doing an auction online. There's a couple of reasons. One, the main the main reason really more than anything is is that you can't do it on Facebook anymore. So there's no way to do it. Right. It's impossible. You can't do it. Uh, as soon as I'm not taking a chance getting pick of the week pulled away, and I'm not taking a chance getting um, our Facebook page and all that. Um, you know so. So we're going to do a silent auction here type of deal and yeah, yeah it is what it is. Going to be, it's going to be uh, we're going to have all the items with bins out in front. Uh, dollar a ticket. You get a ticket, write your name on it, drop it in the bin. At the end of the night, we'll pull the winners. Um, obviously bring cash, but we'll also be able to PayPal me um, to get the uh, your tickets. Um, I'll have tickets to give you. Eric will have tickets to give you. And then I already volunteered Rob Stone. And then uh the other guy who i'm not even sure if we're allowed to say he's going to come yet the one from i think Cali. that's secret yeah i think yeah. that's secret uh, i think he secret. wants to yeah. everybody yeah right. but so yeah but I'll, 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 I'll do something with the, him too that's fine the entire morelia python radio crew will be in effect so there you go <laughs> well, you all right. that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well that was pretty much opening the barn door and letting the horse out i'm pretty sure we got that but anyway um I don't. yeah but we'll do that um and then you 
obviously just, you know, push, put your ticket in. We'll go from there. If you have anything you want to give to the raffle, please let me know because I got to get this stuff going. Um, we don't really have that much going to upfront. People have kind of not been volunteering a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are just assuming that I will put your name in here because you've donated in previous years. Please don't assume that. I'm not just going to volunteer you. <laughs> you get, you got to tell me. So uh, if you do have anything you want to give to the raffle, uh, please let me know. The t-shirts are closed. I have been getting messages, and I warned so you. So have I. <laughs> so have I. I try. You're I'm being so nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, I'm sorry. I'm, it, we're done. We only run these things for a little bit of time. We know we didn't really have as much time as possible uh, that mm-hmm. we've had in past years, uh, just because I wanted to make sure the shirts got out to the people who ordered them before Carpet Fest. Uh, that was entirely our fault for dragging our feet with this stuff, but we did have like two weeks and uh, that's just going to be how it goes. Maybe I can try reopening it after carpet fest. The problem is, is I'm not going to really reopen it for say one or two people. It would have to be a pretty big group of people, of people that would come forward. Yeah. Cause that's the right. other problem is that in previous years we've had four people or something like that come up and say that, please extend it, please reopen it. I've reopened it and only two people have out of those four have bought t-shirts after I've reopened it. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you guys missed it. I really am. Um, uh, but it looks like we're going to shut that one down. Um, I might, I don't know. I think I ordered two. Uh, if anything, I could always throw one in the raffle. I do have other t-shirts from Philly Herp history um, that I'm going to be putting in the <laughs> raffle. So, uh, there's always more stuff with that. So yeah. Um, okay. But also, if you're if you haven't gotten in contact with myself or Eric about what food you're feeling like bringing, please reach out. At this point, it's all pretty much up in the air. Um, we've had a few people bring entrees and or offer up entrees and stuff like that. But uh, we also want to make sure we have enough of other stuff too. So uh, please, if you're coming, just contact myself or Eric, and we'll let you know what to bring. Gotcha. All right. Yep. <clears throat> one more thing. Uh, well, actually, yes. just two more things. But one important thing. Uh, Ari um, is um, uh, trying to, uh, I guess, get to a certain – I don't even know what the amount of money is. But basically, he's doing um, telemetry um, research on Boland's pythons. And uh, he has a GoFundMe um that he has going on you can go check it out on our facebook page um the link is there uh anything that you could give would uh yeah. would help um so uh yeah trying to figure out these uh awesome snakes um and you know ari is pretty much the guy uh with boots on the ground uh, trying to uh figure out what makes these uh snakes tick um yeah and then, so go give them some support. Um, and if you, if, if you need the link, uh, I will post it. Uh, I'll probably add it to the show description after we're done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then one more thing, uh, Heather, Heather, I hope I said this right. Malcolm, um, did you see that ring python? That, that She, that... she has had like year after year after year, like, the most stunning ring pythons I have ever seen. And then slowly but surely, like they've been getting like 
less and less black and more orange. I'm like, what is up with these things? And then that one that like it, it's orange from its neck down, except for this stripe down its spine. It's ridiculous. Makes you want to get some ring pythons, don't it? No! <laughs> no, I was told to not do it. I have some uh, of them, so one day I, know. I will. Uh, yeah, but I have I to wait until, I mean, you know, God knows yeah. when you and I can actually breed pythons again. Yeah, you know, 28, <laughs> 2028, maybe, who knows? Oh, my <laughs> God, maybe maybe we'll get above two, three clutches. Hooray. Um, yeah. Dude, I got to tell you so that I have these Kribo. Mm-hmm. I love these things. <laughs> They're so oh boy. cool. But it's like for the food. Like just heave it. Like don't don't go in there with tongs. Don't don't ever try to hand feed these things. Just chuck it. Because they'll catch it or it, it it's on. Like oh my God. Mouth open, flying at you. It's great. I love it. So Nice. Get some. Well, we'll yeah. see them soon enough. Uh, we're going to be going to your place uh, pre-carpet fest. So. Yeah, that's right. Cool. I have to like spruce it up. Everything. Yeah. yeah <laughs> chop, chop, chop. You got three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, got it. Okay. Uh, I guess let's get uh, Michael on here. Let's get going. Michael, welcome back to Murray Python Radio. How you been, man? Doing well, guys. How are you? We're doing all right. So far, so good. <laughs> so well, we're going to talk. I would like to say it's it's uh it's an honor to be back, man. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank you guys for allowing me to come back. Man, like any, the honor is all ours. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. You're like rock star status to us. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> You're like, whoa, uh, uh, that's uh. Michael Pinnell over there. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't talk to him, dude. What do I say? I don't want to sound like, like an idiot. <laughs> like, Michael, do you – like, how is it now when, like, have you ever had to explain to people who are trying to talk about M-Pen Coastals that you are M-Pen? Like, have, like, have you ever had to be like, <laughs> no, 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 that, that's my line. That's me, right? Okay, you know that, right? Like, you know. Yeah, it's – I've actually had to do that about two or three times at shows. Uh, I've got a friend, uh, wow. Norman from Oklahoma, that normally goes to shows with me, and we'll sit there and talk about carpets. He said, well, you've heard of MPN, right? And like, yeah. He said, well, you're talking to the guy right there. And he just kind of looked all astounded. It's like, really? That's you? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's it's That's like great. how I first had to explain to somebody, I'm like, well, you know what MBB means, right? And they're like, what? I'm like, Madam Blueberry. They're like, that means something? I'm like, what did you think it was? Just a bunch of letters? <laughs> like, you know, no, we just yeah. felt like adding stuff. Like, no, of course it meant something. So, you know, yeah, I imagine you'd have to, as we get further into carbon pythons, you might have to explain more and more that MPEN is you, not just a bunch of letters we decided to throw in front of Coastal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I figured since it's been a while since you've been on the show, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you could just give the history of the MPen Coastal um, Carpet Project and and how you got from the beginning, uh, you know, because I know you started with Lemke Animals and how you ended up producing these amazing coastal carpets. Okay. Um, 
like you said, they, they're linky animals. I uh, got my animals in either 90, I want to say 99, from a friend of mine named Rick Rawlings, who had bought them directly from Dave and Tracy Barker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking with Nick, we'd done the research back, and, you know, it, it the little history on them comes back that Lloyd Lemke was the first one to kind of have the line. And um, I've been working – I worked with a uh, trio, 1.2. I had this really nice, huge adult female that was like 10 and a half foot. And I've got – she laid a clutch for me one time. Uh, I got two eggs and like 43 slugs. Well, mm-hmm. I was heartbroken. But, but mm-hmm. I got two eggs, and so I still have a male to this day from that clutch. And she was a lot darker than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The the first stripe and where the I guess the the M pin line comes from. My first year breeding was 2002. Uh, my first year breeding carpets period, and it was these coastal carpets. And I still to this day have uh, one of my stripe females from 2002 that still breeds. Um, I let her have this year off. I didn't really have any plans to uh, pair her up with anything, but. It was that year that I had started producing the stripes. I, I had some, you know, both the adults were kind of banded animals, uh, but I actually had got stripes in 2002. And in 2003, again, I got stripes. And so I started kind of working with those and holding some of them back. And I want to say it was sometime in probably 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. um, I've been talking with Matt Brock, if you guys remember him from way back. Yep. I do. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, at that time, I decided to go ahead and sell my jungles. I had a pair of nice VPI line jungles and uh, decided to sell them to just focus on coastal carpets. Because I got to thinking, you know, if if we selectively bred coastal carpets like we've been mm-hmm. doing jungles, <laughs> I mean, you guys have been around. You look at yeah. the jungles that we're seeing now compared to 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. 30 years ago, they're nothing. You talk to Australians, they say the jungles we have aren't jungles. Yeah. <laughs> because of that selective breeding, you know, we've had. And now we have, a, we have a very limited gene pool. But with that selective breeding, you're able to produce some animals that their colors just pop. And to this day, Eric, I have to say, man, uh, I think you got one of the best trios out there. No. <laughs> so you, need, you need to go ahead you need to produce some, so Owen can yeah, get man. at least a pair. Thank you. Just one female. Just one female. Yes. I love those snakes. Now, I, I did the first, like the first, so she, well, before I got her, she was bred to a jag. And then when I got her, uh-huh. um, I bred I bred the pair together, and um, she got egg-bound. And I had Uh-oh. to palpate the eggs out of her, and um, I, mm-hmm. I, I I let her take like basically it's been two years off, um, and I was yeah, thinking I yeah. was going to try give her a run in 2020 and see what happens. I, to me, that snake is just it's probably one of the most impressive snakes in my collection, in the entire collection. And like every time I show people that snake, they're like, "That's a coastal carpet." I'm like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> So I don't want anything to happen to her because even if I just retire her and keep her as a you know as a pet, it's amazing. Stuff, you know? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Dude, <laughs> one of these days when you come up here and you if you saw that snake, you would you would kick yourself in the ass for selling it. <laughs> no, well, that's, I'm sure. Oh, no, it, it was it was uh if you remember when you started that uh coastal carpet uh Facebook group. You yeah. had that as the uh, banner, and I, I messaged yeah. you right then. I was like, "That's that's one of mine." I mean, it's, it's, it's like it's like Owen said. You can tell by yes, listening right. that it's one of those lines, you know. And I looked. I was like, "That's that's got to be Eric." So I, I hit him up. Yeah, sure enough, that was that, that trio. Because <laughs> I think that's when you posted it. You got it from that guy in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you didn't originally own him. So the story goes. For for those that probably some of them know that some don't, uh, I had put these animals up for sale, and there was a guy in Louisiana that had contacted me wanting this particular trio, mm-hmm. and uh, he said he would pay me on Friday. So I said, okay, well, you know, if Friday rolls around, if he doesn't pay, then they'll kind of go back up. Like two hours later, Eric hits me up and says, hey man, I want pick them out, I want this trio. I said, man, they're already spoken for, but if the guy backs out. You know, you're next up. Well, the guy went ahead and paid for them, bought them. I shipped them to him. Eric contacted him and said, if you ever get rid of them, I want those animals. I didn't know what happened to them until I seen Eric posted up. And I was like, Eric got those animals. <laughs> yeah. Which was a score. Yeah, it was a score, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, Eric killed a guy and took his snakes. So like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, I'm going to have to post that picture over in our chat as we uh, talk here. So, um, so yeah, that's that. I mean, when you started working with that, did you, the, you know, and, and the, over the years, have you seen, did the project go where you wanted it to go? I mean, have you changed directions? Are you still looking for the same, the same look or? Wow. Well, I mean, to tell you honestly, mm. it, 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 it's, kept some of the same line of what I was looking for in that project, but then I'll get an animal or two that makes me hold back and go in another direction. Okay. Um, you know, I've got, you actually post up this picture of this really dark striped female. Yeah. Um, and I bred that to a caramel stripe. Okay. And I figured you know, all the a lot of the caramels we've been seeing, something about caramel and stripe just don't go well. If you get a nice stripe, it's a dirty caramel. If you right. get a really nice caramel, it's not much of a stripe. So I thought, why not try with a dark one? Who knows? If it works, it works. If not, you know, we, what do we lose? We got some nice carpets, and we go on and, and, and focus on another project. And uh, then I hit those reduced pattern ones. And so now it opened up a whole new other project, reduced pattern. And I've got, um, I mean, you posted a couple of pictures of some of the reds that I've got that kind of magenta looking red with a with a black bordered stripe down its back to, you know, reduced pattern that almost has a jag look, but but no jag. I uh, I'm one of those. I sold all my jag stuff off uh, last year. Um, just decided to focus on just doing the, co- uh, you know, the coastals, a couple other carpets that I have, and uh, just kind of refine working with the reds, caramels, putting exantic into it, and uh, wanted an animal that, you know, still stays right up and 
doesn't have any issues for the most part. Yeah. Although I yeah. still love jags. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're they're gorgeous animals. It's just something I chose to to part with and and uh, just focus on what I had. Yeah, that makes sense. People, I mean, I, I I sometimes toy with that same decision. You know, it's like uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you see like a crazy jag, and you're like, oh damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, so let's, I guess, let's talk about maybe some of the uh, of the uh, so caramels. Like, what you know? Are you trying? I guess you're trying to go for striped caramels. Is that your yeah? Game. Well, I, I'm trying to do a couple of different things. One, I'm, I'm trying to work with striped caramels, and then okay. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to make um, – I'm not going to say necessarily a better caramel, but right. give it some kind of different color, a different contrast. I, I, You know, I was one of the first probably three to get caramels in the United States. Right. Besides Nick and myself, I think there was one other guy. Same thing with Brisbane's, that right now – as far as I know, at least last year, there's only three of us with breedable adults. Yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, Owen, I got some Brisbane's for you. I unfortunately, <laughs> I unfortunately uh, have already sold my soul and made that deal, but um, I'm going to send you <laughs> – I, I got to send you a picture of my original M-Pens. I will take uh-huh. anything that looks like those, just send it to me, and I'll figure it out later. So, you know. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, so so I had that original caramel female, and I, I bred it and kept back some offspring. And this year, uh, I got a clutch in the incubator from caramel to caramel that I've held back mm. uh, just to see what it does with the supers. And, you know, if it cleans up the caramels, gives them – you know, a, a different contrast, uh, different pattern, and how it is. Because they're, they're also bred into that M-Pen line, so we'll, we'll see how that kind of works. Because, you know, that M-Pen tends to have the uh, kind of that lime green, yellow, just kind of color that, that you know is an M-Pen when you see it. So yeah. I'll mm-hmm. see how that kind of works formal. And, uh, you know, who knows, I might wind up with three or four different animals that put me in four different projects. That's, I think, the worst part is that you're going to get so much of a variation, especially with a super caramel pairing. I mean, yeah, that's going to be nuts. And uh, I've, I've, like, I've, I'm sitting on a clutch of caramels right now, and looking at mm-hmm. all of them, there's one that's got a ton of black but great caramel colors in it, and then there's one that's got very little black but it's kind of dullish. It's like there's one that kind of has stripes, so. You you might go insane here, but whatever. <laughs> you might have a lot of projects. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, I was going to talk about, so you, have you always worked with like red coastals or is that something new that you, I know you did that breeding with Eric, um, but is that like the first time that you're introducing red into the, into the group? No, I did a, uh... I originally got a red male, uh, man, I can't remember exactly how long ago it was. It was probably about 2005 or 2006. It was really basically the only undocumented coastal that I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, when you start dealing with them, you kind of know it it was coastal. There was no, you know, no doubt. 
right. uh, especially with the way the red kicks off. And uh, bred him, I want to say it's probably 2004, because I think the first year I produced red was 2006. Yes, and so. I've kept some of those females and, and a male. And what I've noticed, I've got some of these dark coastals. It's mm-hmm. a red coastal, but it tends to have a – it's almost like a really dark magenta-type color. You can see the red kind of showing through, but it's very dark. And then right. I have some that are kind of brick red, and then I'll have some that are muted red. And so I, I held on to some of them offspring, and now I'm kind of working with doing the reds. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to put them in the caramels. Uh, probably at some point I might, but I think the problem, you know, I talked with Nick uh, a few years back that when you start doing the caramels, caramel is a genetic basis trait, mm-hmm. and red is more phenotypic. And so jiving the two together, not really knowing what you got, you don't want to sell something as a caramel that's not. If somebody right. expected to, you know, expected results. Yeah, so right. I think I might try to keep them separate, but put maybe exanthic into it to kind of see how these exanthic reds tend to look versus mm-hmm. exanthic caramels. Because uh, I think, I mean, an exanthic super caramel is just going to be awesome. Uh, I'm well, working on it. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird you say that. So this this past in 2018, I did. Um, so the pairing was a jaghead exanthic to an exanthic mm-hmm. zebra, right? And mm-hmm, I pop mm-hmm. out, I pop out this red. I don't know if it's exantic, but it's red. It's like a red zebra. It's wild. Oh, uh-huh. he, you know the one I'm talking about, that? Owen, right? Yeah, yeah he came from that. I didn't, I, dude. I don't care. I can't remember my pairings. You expect me to remember yours? <laughs> like, geez. but uh, <laughs> if it's any indication of what those two genes may look like. It's pretty sweet, man. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, I know, I know. There's jungle mixed in there, but it's it's really nice. So I'm surprised. I imagine, especially with zebra pattern. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised not a lot of people have have really, you know, it's a, such a shame, man. The the coastal carpets are the underdog of the Morelia world. <laughs> like you know, there's so much potential. Well, yeah. Um. Michael, are you crossing? Well, I think they were. Yeah. I think they were. And um, then it, the more, especially like with Exantic and Carmel came in, and now the, the, the locality of Rockhampton and Brisbane has kind of revived it. Now I think the IJs were kind of the underdog. But now with the, the new influx of uh, farm-raised animals and, and the, the new blood that like uh, Steve Katz never brought in, it's kind of revitalizing them a little bit. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got a pair of uh, IJs coming from Billy Hunt. That oh, nice. really those nice light, light IJs that he produced. Mm-hmm. I got oh a pair yeah, coming yeah, from yeah. Him. Nice. Yeah. The GQ M Pen stuff. That that crazy, really, really light. Oh, yeah. Animal that he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a nice score. It's gonna be really weird in a few years when jungles are the underdog because everyone just has really nice black and yellow jungles. And it's just going to be like, yeah, everybody, all their projects are going to be coastal and IJ, and then everybody will just have a pair of really nice jungles. <laughs> I'm never going to happen. At- full circle, man. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, full circle. 
I don't know, man. You never know. Like you, yeah. put, you, you start making the right animals, and they have the right looks. It's I don't know. It's well, and yeah. Michael, have you started working with Exanvic into the M Pen line? Not yet. I will probably do that next year. That's I bred Exanvic to Carmel <laughs> this year. Okay. Uh, to see, you know, try to get some holdbacks. Um, I actually got a pair from last year that I held back because it was a really bad clutch, and I think I wound up with one pair of Carmel Head Exanvics. But I was trying to get some more so that I have a a, a wider group of animals to pick and choose from. Yeah. Because uh, as you guys know, I mean, carpets are just variable, period. Right. And yeah. they do a lot of change <clears throat> every time they shed, every time they grow and shed. Um, mm. You know, and so you kind of take an educated guess as far as, you know, you look at color, you look at pattern, you look at stripe, you look at contrast, you know. I like this head stamp. I want to breed for head stamps or whatever. And then you're like, okay, well, these are the ones I'm going to keep and these are the ones I'm going to sell. And then mm-hmm. it turns out you sell those awesome animals that, you know, uh, M-Pens up there in Pennsylvania <laughs> that should yeah. be down here, you know. Should not be, should not be there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, it couldn't have gone to a better guy. I mean, we got the same birthday, you know, so. Yeah, that's oh, right. Okay. Sure. Oh, God. <laughs> that's true story. <laughs> well, uh, it's the um, – and I also – I understand that. And then my thing is is that I'll hold an animal back and then – Cause I'm like, all right, you're going to be what I'm going to build you off the Jag project or whatever project off of you. And then the following year, a better male will be produced. I'm like, crap. So it's like, you know, <laughs> all right, you're out. And it's like, you know, and then this one comes in. So it's like, I, I am constantly replacing my own holdbacks with my own stuff. So it's, it's, I guess a bad thing. I don't know. It's probably a good thing when you think about it, but um, it's hard to pick and it's hard to choose. And, like you said, with carpets being so variable, where you have one idea because of the animals that are right in front of you, everything changes the next year with more babies coming. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, those ones, and I know uh, Eric was going to talk about it here in a little bit, on those reduced patterns, I kept yep. like like 11 out of that clutch, and I've narrowed it down <laughs> to eight now. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do with <laughs> When they get, you yeah. know, adult size and I've got yeah. eight more and that's not what I've been holding back, you know, from uh two thousand seventeen and two thousand sixteen and you know, some of these other and it's like at some point in time something's got to go. So I think what I what I tend to do is you is you as they start feeding and, and getting some size and start shedding, you start picking out the ones that the traits that you like. And I think that's what's so good about it is Owen can have one direction. Eric can have a direction. I can have a direction. Nick can have a direction. You know, right. all the uh, Ted, uh, all these guys that do coastal carpets, and it doesn't all have to be the same one. You have certain mm-hmm. things you pick, and as you start breeding for those traits, you wind up with so many different variables that everybody has almost their distinct line Right. that builds off of. I mean, I can look at uh, some of the animals that Nick's produced and say, yep, that's a Sylvester line animal. There's something yeah. about the head structure on those mm-hmm. animals that you can tell right off the get-go. Yeah. Did you ever work with that line? Did you ever work the, with that line of coastal? No. Um, 
No, I, I had mine, and it's just kind of like uh, working with tigers. I've seen mm-hmm. some really, really nice ones, and this uh, Russian red line, and I just haven't bit the bullet and bought them yet. And I think uh, somebody asked Ted, and he's like, no, nah, I don't have any M-pin stripes either, so nobody's really done the stripe to tiger yet, you know. Um, <laughs> well, I thought about Michael. it, but it's like I've got so many projects on my own. Right. So, Finally, the shoe is on the other foot because I have Russian red tigers that I'll be breeding next year. So, you know, you and I, you and I, you and I can fight about it. Yeah. So, yeah, we can, we can work something out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beautiful. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so I know this is going, this is going to veer off for a second, but I'm curious. So we had a, we've had a talk in some group chats that we were on um, that, you know, and Owen's bred coastals many, many years, but this year he, he struck out, but he just, no, I that, got, you know, I got a collect. No, I got 10 eggs. It's still, okay. It's still, so he got 10 eggs, but, <laughs> but, but he thinks, <laughs> he now thinks that he doesn't know how to breed coastal carpet pythons. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and there are some, I, I get this message a lot and I don't know why, but I, I've gotten it from a few people and basically they're saying that, you know, they've bred other species or subspecies of carpets, but for whatever reason, the coastal carpet seems to be, uh, uh, you it know, holding them. them yeah. Uh, yeah. Eludes them. Yeah. That's a, that's the way to say it. What, what do you, what do you think? What do you think is, is the problem there? You know, I think a lot of it is is not necessarily what they're doing, but I think, um, you know, if you look back over the last several years, you'll have, well, throughout the country, everybody will either have really bad odds with the clutch, uh, high slug count, mm-hmm. um, that, that, you know, the weather patterns and stuff tend to play a lot in it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you talk to people that breed boas, and you have a thunderstorm that comes too early before that female is supposed to drop a week or two, mm-hmm. two week or two too early, she'll drop, mm-hmm. and the yeah. babies, you know, that the, they're dead because mm-hmm. she dropped them too early because of the way the weather was. So gotcha. I think a lot of it, you know, barometric pressures and stuff uh, plays a lot in it. Uh, sometimes it gets colder uh, in some years than others. Um, you know, I could tell you how I breed my coastal carpets, but it's not going to be the same thing and work for you in Pennsylvania that it does right. in Texas. Right. You know, uh, I talked to a guy in Tennessee years ago, and I said, look, I'll tell you what works for me. Mm-hmm. You can try it, tweak it however it works for you. Uh, matter of fact, I think you guys actually start cooling yours down long before I even think about doing mine. Just yeah. because okay. naturally it gets colder outside. So you naturally right. start cooling yours down. Before I think it's December before I start cooling mine down. Right. Yeah, I mean we because why are you going to fight outside if outside's getting, you know, close to sixty degrees or even like into the forties, you know. Mm-hmm. Here's the yeah. thing though, as of recently, yeah. what it'll do is in October. So I used to yeah. I used to start Halloween would be. Yep. You know that would be my my time to say okay i'm not going to feed these you know i don't feed anything through october halloween mm-hmm. is when i would start to drop the temps but for whatever mm-hmm. reason you know i would start to drop the temps and then like you know in november it's like 
85 degrees yeah. and you're like what the yeah, hell is yeah, going on yeah, it would snow. Yeah, yeah. On, it would snow on Halloween and then be ninety by freaking Thanksgiving, and you're like, "All right, so yeah, I can see that waiting." So, so I, I guess. Well, let's. I mean, you're in Texas, so what's what's your approach? Mm-hmm. What what do you do with coastal carpets? Is there a certain time uh, that you start? Well, it's like you said. You you chose Halloween. Mine's typically around Thanksgiving, right okay. at the end of November. Going in the first week of December is when I start cooling because I kind of try to work with the temperatures that I have. But it's like right. you said, I mean, we can go up on Christmas Day, it's 75. You know, we typically in East Texas get our coldest weather around Super Bowl. Uh, late January going into about mid-February is when we, if we get any ice, that's when we get it. Gotcha. Uh, that's when it starts to really get cold. Uh, dipping down into the 20s sometimes, a little bit of sleet here and there. It's not in November and December. It tends to fall so much later. So it kind of throws off when everybody's already starting getting clutches. Uh, I just, matter of fact, I didn't get to post the pictures yet, but I finally had my first clutch hatched yesterday. It was Red Coastals. uh, Mm -hmm. All 18 out of 18 eggs hatched. Nice. Sausage Fest, 11.7. Okay. Oh, so I have some really nice red males, <laughs> but you know, you know, everybody else has already got stuff that's you know, uh, like, you know, because I, I I bring it back up, Billy Hunt from the MyJs, you know, those, yeah. that was almost a month ago, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm just getting these to hatch now, and then they're mm-hmm. going to start finally kind of rolling, and, and then I'm going to be really heavy uh, going into June, July with a lot of babies to feed, uh, right. but that's just kind of the way it rolls for different parts of the country. I mean, uh, you know, like Nick, Nick's still getting eggs. I think he yeah. just had a, a Darwin or something on eggs like last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So it yeah. kind of fluctuates and throws off. I mean, you could, you could do your best to kind of set the temperatures where we want them, but you can't really fight mother nature. No, you know, no. and, and it's, and it's on our best interest to kind of work with her where we can uh, otherwise, you got a really high electricity bill because of the heat or the AC <laughs> that you're blowing. So, <laughs> right, right. You, you try to work with it. Okay. Yeah. So, so you think like, you know, when you're getting them, cooling them down, what's your temp that you hit? You shoot for seventy? Or actually, I don't. I don't really try to get them that cold. I think I dropped to about. Let's see. I normally do my heat from about 88 to like 81 mm-hmm. okay and then ambient temperature is just what it is in the room so it could get down to probably 75 in a room okay and that, that seems to work now the the brisbane's and you know that's a whole nother ball game there right uh but just right. your normal coastals and stuff that's what tends to work for me so what do you and do then, with the you know i cool them oh, down around november uh, cool them down around uh, right at the end of November, going into December. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you kind of make sure two weeks prior to that that they, they've had their last meal, get plenty of time to evacuate everything out, mm-hmm. and uh, then I probably right around Christmas or close to Christmas I'll start pairing them up, and then you start to get a little bit more activity in January, and probably about you know end of January going into Super Bowl is when I start warming the temps back up. So they, they're probably kind of in a cool state for about two months. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, do you give them about... heat? 
give them heat during the day and then drop them down at night? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's how you avoid <clears throat> RI. So what's the difference with the, death, Brisbane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the Brisbane? Brisbane. Now, the, the Brisbane, uh, man, that's that's a whole other ballgame. It's like uh, Brettles and Inlands. Uh, you actually have to drop them a lot cooler. So what I do, and, and I'm, I'm hoping to move, Lord bless me this year, I'm moving into a, another house and I have a dedicated shop, but uh, my snake room, I have another room outside of it that's kind of in the garage. And so okay. I, I tub up the tub up the Brisbane's, I tub up the Inlands, and at night I take them in a room where I cool my colubrids. It's a little room off to the side that's got the hot water here uh, and the little kind of closet, and then I have my rat freezer in there. So I have a little bit of heat produced, but if it gets cool outside, it drops in there, but not dangerously low. Uh, so normally it's running probably 55, 60. And then every morning, I'll bring all the carpets in and just leave them on the snake room floor. Because they're only on the floors in the low 70s. And uh, in that native habitat, they, you know, it gets cold at night. I mean, diamonds would be the same way. Uh, it gets cold at night and then it warms up during the day. So I'll do that for about two to two and a half months. And then I start kind of warming them up and bringing them up to temp. And, and so there's so much later breeding when everything else is getting ready to start dropping eggs, then you start pairing them up. So, you know, I've just started, I think my Brisbane's are done. Uh, I might pair them up one more time. I believe crossing my fingers, my inland is, is gravid and uh, hopefully get some eggs. It's been a long time. A lot of money from a long time ago and haven't got anything out of that one yet. So cross my fingers on that one. Now you're working with the, um, what do you call it? The, which line? The Schofield Schofield line? line? Yeah. Yeah. One of the original, I think it was later that Nick got some of that, I think it's Mog line in. Sure. And, um, it's kind of mixed. I mean, I've heard people that do real well breeding Schofield and not the Mog, and then vice versa. Right. And um, I, I would love to get some of the Mog, but something about the Schofield line, the colors they have, I really like that color. And uh, it just kills me as much as I kind of put into that project way back. I got them like the next – you know that first year uh, Componetto brought some Produced them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, he didn't produce them. He brought them in out of Europe. Okay, right. And it was the next year that Nick brought some. He he hooked up and started working with Paul Harris, and that, so, so it's the next year that he brought some, and that's when I bought mine. So okay. that's been a long time ago. Wow. A long time <laughs> ago. So, yeah. I noticed now with – so I, I work with both lines, but I noticed that the, the – um, Schofield line seems to have uh, seems to be not as red as the Mog line. Like at least yeah. for mine, like the the Mog line has those like those reds down by the base of the you know t- tail, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. it's really really nice, you know. Whereas the other line seems to be they're they're nice too, but they don't seem to have that red that that pops. It's just really the black and the Yeah, and see, I think that's blue. what I've liked about 
those Schofields that I, I, I always call it like a steel gray gunmetal blue yep. kind of color, especially yeah. on the belly. And uh, I, cool, I, I really like that line <laughs> just for that. So, you know, if I had the, the mog, you know, and I think there's some people that have actually crossed the two because an inland is an inland. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I just like the color of the, the, that the Schofield has. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping to produce some and, and uh, see where it goes from there. Because at least I could cross something else off my list finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That, that that list. <laughs> um, yeah, how that many list. species? How many species of pythons have you bred? I know you have to. Oh. Uh, mm, I've done coastal jungles, Borneo short tails, of course, ball pythons. Everybody's done those. Mm. Uh, children's spotteds. Uh, Savus. Have you ever done? IJs. Have you ever done like Bulmas? No, not yet. No. Okay. I don't even own any Bulmas yet. I need to, but it's finding <laughs> room because I have so many coastals. Right. I have yeah. so many coastals. So, you know, it, it's, it's you know, if I had the, the setup you have, uh, Eric, you know, with, with where I can afford to keep everything for two years after I hatch it and have all these cages, you're like, yeah, let's get some walnuts and some blackheads, yeah, a couple of balloons. Yeah, why not? So so here's a personal yeah, question. Um, yeah. For, I, I've, I, so I have a, a regular room where the ambient temperature, you know, it's like, 78 at night 82 during the day right that's the ambient that's the heated uh-huh, room uh-huh. then i have a cold yeah. room um which has like uh you know i keep my diamonds my bread bread lie in there um and that's whatever you know it's probably 70 degrees and it's more hot spot type of thing and it's only on for a certain amount yeah. of time so i thought about putting the, the the brisbans in there i don't know do you think that would be then I won't have to move them back and I forth. Think that would work. Yeah, that's what I was. No, thinking. I think that would work. A little bit of cooler temps, and and if you have a separate room, it's even easier because then you can just drop your temps down in the whole room, and then just have your heat kick on for a little bit of time during the day, instead of, right. You know, ultimately that's what I want to do. To kind of have like a where I could do some colubrids and then have those carpets in there, and then when I drop that whole room down. They just drop down with it, but they'll have their own little heat that kicks on during the day, without right. having to haul them back and forth for two and a half months. Right. Would you would you do lights like almost like what Eric kind of has with his diamond pythons is heat lamps and stuff like that? Would you maybe do that? I think I would uh, hmm. if, if you have it set up in a room for that. But if you start doing colubrids and stuff in the room, then you'd almost have to put like a blanket over them. True. I mean, they might because basically they're they're going to be in burrows, and so they don't see much sun unless it's a nice or warm day. So I think that would kind of throw them off. Um, but as far as the carpets, I mean, that's naturally what they get. I mean, what, why is a black-headed python got a black head? Because right. they get down in tree trunks in the hollow spots, and when it's warm, they stick their head out, and that black heats up faster than anything else. Right. And, and, you know, so they have access even when it's cold. When it's nice and warm, they go outside. Diamonds are the same way. 
So, you know, maybe you'll get to see it when you go to Australia and you can, you know, maybe I'll get to go the following year and you can uh, <laughs> show me some real life uh, pictures, you know. Of some yeah. real Brisbane's? I'll tell you what, it was cold. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cold. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it was just that day, but when we got there coming from Cairns, holy shit, it was like night and day difference. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, oh, I bet. We did get a question in the chat. Uh, do you still work with Calabar Python? Uh, unfortunately, no. Okay. okay. Um, the ones I had, I, I would love to get back into them. Uh, the ones I had, because basically everything's wild caught. Um, just finally, I, I don't know if they'd either died of old age or what, but they started kind of dwindling off, and mm. I just never have got back into to getting some because I, I need to have a, a set up for quarantine because you know mm. most of them are all still wild caught and uh, right. my my thing has always been you know I feel that it kind of, it's kind of like a duty that we have if if we can breed these different carbon pythons why not grab onto something that is very rarely seen I mean mm-hmm. uh, Owen's working with Prebos. There's a few people working with them, but not that many. And I understand why, because, man, I had a friend that had one. He said when they go to craft, they paint the cage, ceiling wall, and it's every day. It's not one day a week. Yeah, they're on mulch. (laughs) But, yeah, it's constant. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you you, you work with something that's not readily worked with and Mm. maybe not ever make it mainstream, but – enough to have a reassurance population so that if it ever closes down and it cannot be imported in anymore, there would be some here that could maybe satisfy at least some of the look. I mean, if nothing else, if I think they only do like three eggs at a time, you sell them three mm-hmm. babies off, you wouldn't have to have a big waiting list. True. Yeah. You, you know, it's not like sitting on, you know, a, a retic clutch of 80 eggs. And 80 babies, and there's See, not a whole lot of people wanting them, and, and you're sitting here holding it. Three eggs, <laughs> there's bound to be yep. three people you can find that want to capture bread calabar. And, and, and those, and the problem is, is that retic babies are born the size of like a year old carpet python. So you know, good luck with that. Too. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But no, that's 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 awesome, and I like the idea of picking something that's not readily bred. I may have gone a little overboard with that where I just have a bunch of, I have a bunch of pairs of pythons that never breed and just stare at me. So, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you guys look back, you guys have kind of been in the, in the, in the history of it. And I know Rob Stone's always posting up hurt history pictures. Mm-hmm. But right. If you go back to when, uh, what was it? Cockowin? tortoises out of South America used to come in like crazy and then they closed down the import and you can't find them no more uh, I remember old old articles in Reptiles Magazine on those uh, Egyptian tortoises like full grown five inches big that's it and you can't find them uh, you guys remember the Rankins dragons the little miniature bearded dragon yes. uh, Henry yes. Ross and I yes. can't find those anymore you know, and uh, what was that other one? Shield-tailed agamas, club-tailed agamas that had very similar requirements to a bearded dragon. You know, and it's like if you ought to be breed bearded dragons, try your hand at a little something different. 
Right. Who knows? It might even be easier. It might be the next Crested Gecko. I mean, who would have thought Crested Geckos blew up like they did? Right. Right. From a small handful of animals that came in. Yeah, they were almost extinct, right? I mean, weren't they like yeah, pretty much yeah. gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not anymore. And they, can't, they can't get rid of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like mites. Yeah. And then Confinetto kicked them up to a whole yeah. other level. Oh, yeah, God. Oh, God. Yeah. His website. Um, But it's like, and it's funny because you also see the stuff go in reverse because when I was mm-hmm. getting into it, monkey tail skinks were, you know, You'll never see them again. They're gone. They're 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 class one. The da, 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 part, da, yeah. Da. Yeah. And now I see them at shows regularly. Yeah. It just is so weird. Yeah, and that and stuff I think turns. a lot of that. I thought a, a lot of it does. Um, when I was starting to get into reptiles, I. Um, you know, because a lot of times this was before a lot of shows and started stuff started kicking off. I met a, mm-hmm. a jobber, and that's where I got my first ball python. Everything was straight wild caught. Well, he had this lizard. Well, I went to a pet store, and they had an Egyptian Euromastix. Okay. And if you've ever seen the Egyptian, all your regular Euromastics get like 14 inches long. Egyptians yeah, get like get three foot plus. They're yeah. huge. Mm. And I'd seen one at the pet store, and I was like, man, I, I want to save up my money and get it and get a tank and everything I want for it. And went in another time, and it was gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Wound up going to this jobber, and he said, you know what? I've got one coming in. I said, hold it for me. I want it. I was getting ready to go to uh, Bronzeville's or New Bronzeville's uh, to the Guadalupe for a couple of days and told them, you know, I just heard that they just hit the sightings list. And so you wouldn't find them no more. I said, so I want this one. Man, when I came back and got in contact with him, he said, apparently what you told me was true. This guy came in and paid more money than I think you could have afforded. Holy crap. So I really crap. couldn't get mad at him. <laughs> yeah. I really couldn't get mad at him. You know, uh, business is business. I didn't put a deposit down or nothing. It was, you know, a good faith mm. thing. Uh, but it, it is what it was. So I, I lost that. And now you can't really find Egyptians anymore. No. You know, whether it was going to be my thing to breed or not, I did keep mollies and uh, – uh, I think of Somali for a little while, uh, and I liked them. I mean, they were cool-looking little lizards. That that whole dinosaur look to them, and uh, just something else that was kind of lost, you know, that we don't see anymore. And uh, you, you look at the advances we've had in so many different areas. Uh, you know, ball pythons. I mean, all the older guys will tell you, man. I remember when you couldn't give normals away. You know, you you actually had to pay somebody to take them away. Now, you know, this this the one that's got all the the everybody's in it, all the all the money and everything for all these different morphs that are popped up, uh, and we're starting to see more in carpets and you know different animals that have all these other morphs. But what about all those other ones that were out there that you don't see? I mean, look at uh, was it Ryan Young that just had that clutch of uh, Dunn's pythons? First clutch in what twenty years? Right. Yeah. He actually I mean, just that's... posted a he just posted a picture of the babies up, and they're like, uh, "Do you see that pink. silver one?" Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah He's like, got that one silver one. Yeah. It's crazy. 
That's really cool. I mean, I remember when those were on on price lists, and it was like, really? Uh, It was a price list from a guy out of Florida, and I'd never really heard of him before, and and, uh, I think I seen him on price list like twice, back sometime in the 90s, and then that was it. And uh, now Ryan just happened to keep some, and uh, I believe it was, I can't think of his name, KJ something out of Florida. Is, oh yeah, is yeah. The other, uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of cool to have kept that, and he got hooked up with somebody that still had one to be able to breed and produce something that we don't see. You know, and and hopefully that's a start of more in the future. Sure. Because what's really it's, cool it's, is when he posted the picture right next to the Mac lots that was born the next day, and the start difference of. Basically, cousin snakes. Yeah, and they look so different. I think a lot of people are going to mm-hmm. say that they, you know, we're going to look the same. They don't. I mean, you know, their heads kind of look no. the same shape, but they're not the same snake <laughs> for sure. Oh no, yeah. no. Yeah, I mean that's why I sort of spent the past couple years, you know, uh, buying in, you know, wild caught or you know, farm bred babies of IJs just so, cause mm-hmm. you never know next year it could be shut down. And, uh, yeah, that's true. At least, at least I have a nice group, you know, to, uh, Oh yeah. You, know. you definitely got that. I've been, I've been, I've been looking at what you, uh, <laughs> you, and I'm sure I haven't seen all of them, but yeah, you've got a pretty good. No. <laughs> yeah. I love them things. All right. What about the dwarf firms? Somebody asked that in the chat. Did they ever lay or, oh. Man, I'm, I, I was so excited to finally, you know, get it. She looked like she was building. Um, I, I'm almost wondering if she reabsorbed. I've been waiting for eggs like any day. And right. uh, this would be the first time I've ever bred them. First time I've even done burns, period. So maybe from pre-lay to shed is different. Um, but every time I open, she she's coming at kind of not necessarily coming at me. But almost like she wants food, and I'm like, no. And I know I palpated at least eight, and so I don't know if if she was just building and they never materialized. So, you know, she kind of reabsorbed or what? But, um, I mean, I, I post up a picture and like everybody wants. It's like a, out of all the things <laughs> I've ever done, it's like. Only thing anybody nah. wants with dwarf farms. I'm like, cool. Right. I'm gonna be able to do a little bit this year, uh, and, and now it's kind of like, it, it was like you see, uh, you you see a tangible, and then all of a sudden it becomes smoke. It just disappeared. So I'm not right. saying it's it's done, but it, it right as of now, I don't have eggs, and I don't know for sure if she actually took. She she sure looked like it. I mean, she blew up, right. she swelled up, I palpated. Um, I, I would say eggs. They could have just been really big follicles. Um, mm. I guess I'm going to have to start doing like everybody and start cheating and buy an ultrasound machine. Um, <laughs> I, I saw one online. I'm like, two grand. I'm like, I bet you. If I ask enough reptile people that live near me, they'll throw in on this, and and I can get this, and we can all use it. So, I mean, hell yeah, a, man. 
reptile guys in Texas. I mean, you might be able to get a nice old machine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I know of some friends that have them, but they're like two hours away. <laughs> and <laughs> right. take the whole collection and go. And I thought <laughs> about getting one, and it's just like, it, it kind of takes the fun out of it, man. And, and uh, it, it, <laughs> I, I do, it is it is a business for me. Right. Um, but I guess if it was to be like a sole business, then I would actually really have to start kind of doing it like a sole business. And it mm-hmm. kind of kind of takes the fun out of it I guess um, it's kind of like if you guys ever seen the movie Drumline and the guy could play the play the drum play music fine he could see what the other guys and he could play it note for note but if it came to reading the music he couldn't do it mm. and it's kind of right. like okay now I've got all the cheat this is the right time to put this mail in you know this is the time to do this it kind of takes that that old school thought out of it you know uh, you start talking to a bunch of the older heads that didn't have internet for one, uh, didn't have all these chat rooms with uh, and, and blog posts with bad information. Uh, there really wasn't any reptile books. Uh, most of these guys were the pioneers that started doing different things and, and uh, stuff that we take for granted now. Um, right. Cooling bluebirds. Right. That was something they just, well, let's just put two snakes together. Wasn't getting anything until uh, I want to say it was uh, Bob Applegate. It was one of the first ones that I know of when I talked to him that started trying to cool colubrids and started getting eggs. And then it was kind of like, okay, here's the trick. You've got to cool them. And, and then there was more research to find out why they needed to be cooled. You right. know, and um, it's kind of, I guess I come, I guess I'm kind of old school thought of it. Um before all the books and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must have been uh, fun and uh, not fun at all at the not same time. I mean, it's like, I understand the whole thing of like, I'm working towards this goal and I'm working hard to figure this out, but it's like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I also, don't get me wrong, I'm pretty sure that half the people who are getting into reptiles now take all of that stuff for granted, like the websites and the books and the articles and stuff like that. I mean, I can see that, like how going across country in a covered wagon might be kind of fun. Also, at the same time, <laughs> might not be. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you sure. think of it now, you've got, and, and this is not anything against the people getting into it now. Uh, I mean, if we had the information back then, we would have probably used a lot of it too. But you can go on to any book. I mean, we'll just say, for example, since we're talking carpets, buy the uh, Complete Carpet Python book. And mm-hmm. you read through the book, and it basically gives you a recipe. I set it up in this type of cage. I need this much space. This is my temps that I need it at. I need to feed it this much time. It's time to cool down here. This is when I start pairing them up. There's not really a whole lot of uh, feel for it. Or, you know, you're constantly weighing the snake to figure out if it's enough, heavy enough to start breeding. And people ask me all the time, well, you know, how how big does it have to be to breed? I said, I can just look at it and tell. I just, I don't know. I don't weigh them. And it's like, she's either big enough or she's not. She just have to wait another year. Uh, I don't weigh it and go, okay, man, 
1500 grand. She's 1502. Let's put a male in there. It's Get time it done, to go. <laughs> yeah. It just, I, I don't do it like that. And right. I think that's the, the problem with a lot of it now. It's like, it's almost like a recipe. Mm. I, you know, I, I mean, I, you guys, you guys have had, I, I know Owen, you yeah. know, you got from old country that <laughs> when they cook, they put a pinch of this or whatever. Yeah. But there wasn't a recipe. Let's follow this. There, there was something about the journey to, to make something and see what it tastes like without, okay, here's the exact instructions. Now what right. you doing? Cause you know, I got, you know, stuff my grandmother would make. I want to do it just like she did. But right. there was always a twist of something they didn't tell you because they always said they put a pinch of love or whatever, something in it that changed <laughs> it up. It didn't give you that recipe. Yeah. Because I put probably a pinch of smart ass or something in it and it messed the whole <laughs> thing up. Well, I mean, have you ever had that one carpet that you're like, all right, not this year, but next year. And then later you go and check it and it's like ovulated and it's huge. And you're like, well, I have no idea. Apparently I don't know anything anymore. So, I mean, you ever had that happen where they kind of like throw you for a loop? Mm, no. Okay. Not, not personally, not personally, not saying it. Well, I, it might happen to me next year, but as of, okay. as of yet, it hasn't happened to me. Now that you said it, now I'll go in there next year and like, now you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to call him up. Owen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that the issue with the recipe stuff is, is that I think it, it gives uh, the keeper, especially a new keeper, uh, a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. And they're not paying attention to the animal. Whereas, like, you know, that saying you teach somebody to fish, you know, they'll, they'll eat forever if you feed them a fit, you know, yeah, yeah. forget exactly how that mm-hmm. is. But um, but it, it's kind of like, I think, I like Eugene Bissett's way, you know, become a student of the serpent, pay attention to what your snake is doing, know what the snake does in the wild so that you can have a base for, like, you know, I mean, if if, if you don't ever see your snake on heat, and then all of a sudden it's on heat, well, then maybe something's wrong, you know, or mm-hmm. if, you know, um, if all of a sudden it's laying in a weird way or, you know what I mean? There's just, there's just these signs that you, like, we were talking about it a couple of weeks. I don't know if you've ever noticed this uh, with your carpets, but, you know, the day before the snake is going to lay, they're twisted mm. in mm-hmm. knots. Like it's the weirdest thing. I'm like, why are you twisting? They're very up? uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. Oh yeah. Um, I took a picture of my oh, gelatin that's, that's the time jungle doing that. When you when yeah. you're learning, when mm. you're learning, yep. it scares you because you open it and you're like, oh crap, my snake died and it's all contorted <laughs> and you right. kind of like caught at it and it stares at you like, what the heck did you just do well, that for? I was just fine. It, right. Yeah. That's why we were talking Wilma's earlier. Wilma's just lay weird. Then there's nothing going on with them. Like, I walked into mm-hmm. my room the other day, and my Woma was twisted up, laying on its side. I'm like, oh, my God, is it dead? I poked it, and it jumped up and tried to bite me. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. So it's like, yeah, Womas are just <laughs> weird like that. But no one – you don't know that until you get in front of it. Like, white lips cough up hairballs, and it's traumatic mm-hmm. when you see it happen. But, like, yeah, so you're right. When lear- Learning is scary as shit. And so, yeah. Well, I think on the flip side, uh, you know, we were talking about earlier how barometric pressure and weather and all this stuff can affect and change 
mm-hmm. uh, the breeding cycles and how what you guys do up north versus what I do down here is different. So right. when you have somebody that goes through this recipe thing and then they don't get eggs or they don't get this and then they get frustrated, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I'm done. I washed up. I mean, I've seen it with, with ball python community a lot. It's like, okay, I'm going to come in and make a bunch of money. I buy all these adult animals. I'm going to breed next year without having the fun of kind of raising something up and watching an animal and learning an animal. And you start pairing, expecting eggs, expecting, you know, on the, on the flip side, I'm going to have all this money. And then you don't get eggs. Yeah. And then you're like, what happened? Okay. I lost money. I need to get out and get something else. They sell everything else off dirt cheap and, and mm-hmm. go somewhere else. And, that they lose that whole concept of what you kind of got, or what for most of us got the snakes to begin with is was different. It, 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 you know, it, it's great to make some money and kind of pay for the hobby itself and pay for food. Cause Oh my gosh, rodents are expensive. Yeah. Uh, but if uh, you, you don't watch the animal kind of learn from it and, and, and uh, interact with it, there's a whole lot of stuff you're missing. Uh, yeah. my, my youngest son's actually got a bearded dragon and he finally kind of just reconnected with it over the last week. And, uh, cause he thought it was kind of mean. It, he hadn't been messing with it. He'd been busy playing his video games and everything. And mm-hmm. then, uh, he decided, well, I, I really need to take better care of my animal. And so he's really started spending time with it. And man, I walked in from, you know, work today and he's sitting on the couch with a bearded dragon on his lap. And that is why we did this to begin with. It's that mm-hmm. difference, you know. Uh, you know, there's a lot of kids that grew up that were hyperallergenic. They couldn't have cats. They couldn't have dogs. A reptile fit the bill. Right. And yeah. that, that's, that's what it was. And, and so even going to shows and selling snakes, it was see that little kid's face light up. Or the adults that finally got out of college and have always liked animals and always liked snakes that finally can get one of their own and and see their face light up and their interaction with it. Or somebody coming to me that's that's had a few and then they just started breeding and they're telling me about, you know, their breeding project and what they've got going on. The excitement that they have is, is contagious, man. And and that's mm-hmm. what I like that's what I like about this hobby, you know. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. It, uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's exciting when you see people coming in and they're new to it. I kind of remember when I was new to it and how exciting it would be. You just kind of stare at the cage that the snake was in and just watch it like, wow. Watch <laughs> you it know? feed. Watch it feed. <laughs> yeah. Feeding you know? used to wow. be a spectacle. Like in yeah. my dorm room, People would come to watch me feed my Cali King snake. And now, like, yep, I yep. fed yesterday, and I was just opening cages and throwing food. Like, like but now it's like, I feel like a fry cook, just fucking burgers and stuff. But, yeah, it used to be an all-night event. Like, you know, oh, yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the other part of it, too, is like, you know, I mean, you you could probably relate to this, Michael, is like, you know, Back when I first started getting into carpets, like maybe 2006, 2005, something like that, um, mm-hmm. I never in my life thought that I would have an inland carpet or a Darwin carpet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, no I just joke. Never yeah. thought that I would have it. And 
yeah. now I have a group of them. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. But it's so weird so, how you're so excited about this thing that you would never get, and then you get it, and it sort of becomes – I don't know. Another thing, getting, yeah, yeah another thing, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's that it's that mentality we tend to have. It's 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 kind of that materialistic. We got something, we really wanted it, we strove for it, we worked for it, we got it. Now we just own it. Um, right. <laughs> now I don't know if you guys got. It. I think I think I think Owen's got one. Don't you have Rusko pythons? I have two. Yep. Okay. That was one I remember watching Mark O'Shea and trying to find them because they thought were extinct. And by the end of the episode, they find like a pair. And then it right. says like a week later, they find another pair. And to think about those being here, That's that insane. excites me. I mean, something that yeah. I, in my own lifetime, saw that was extinct or thought to be extinct on a show on the other side of the world. And now we have them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and, that, and, and I got the whole one at uh, Bill Stiegel's house. The yep. coolest yeah. freaking animal! Oh my gosh, they're so awesome. Yeah. I was watching a video. Uh, apparently, I guess when um, uh, what the hell's his name? I'm totally losing the name. Come on, who's the guy in Australia that uh, was working in the? You know, he's from America, but he works with the pythons there. Oh, what the hell is his name? John Weigel. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah. in the video he's going and he's looking for these rough scale pythons, and then he finally finds one. It's in the middle of nowhere. Did you see that video, Owen? Mm. No, I did not, and I want to. Uh, <laughs> like, I'll have to, sh- I'll to share it with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll send it over to the the message when we're done, so you can check it out. But it's really cool I, because they cool. they go in the middle of nowhere, and then mm. you know the boat gets stuck and they can't get the boat out, and uh, it's crazy. Dude, yeah. I I was playing with mine yesterday because I was redoing their cages a little bit. I'm like, it, it, it. I know we just talked about how like you get the animal and you're like, it's mine. Like I still, I, I'll get rid of all my carpets and just keep nothing but roughies. Eventually, that'll be <laughs> that's my retirement plan. Right, that's it. That's it. I'll just, uh, yep, I, right. I fold. I'm done. Just roughies. You know, love those things. One day, will you uh, get into roughies, Michael? Yes, that that is the yeah. plan. One day, uh, yeah. I, much like you guys have got your money saved, mine is. Uh, I, I got to get this, uh, get moved into another house and get my building yeah. and say, all right, it's time to really uh, a put building. some effort into it now. That's yeah. the nice. That's yeah. I I fear a building is my next step because I'm slowly turning parts of my house that I swore would never have snakes in them. <laughs> Uh, into other rooms. So I think the next step will eventually be a building for me. I mean, yeah. is that where you're headed now? Is you just, you've got too many and got to get one of those? Well, it's, it's kind of that. I mean, I've, I've dummied up a, a kind of a room in a two car garage mm. and that's, that's where I'm keeping now. Because um, one, uh, my, my wife isn't crazy about snakes in the house. <laughs> and uh, when we started dating, uh, mm-hmm. I actually had uh, one bedroom that had nothing but snakes in it. And in my actual bedroom, I had my incubator and four adult carpets. And she swears my 2002 female hated her because it was always ire every time she came in the room. 
<laughs> and she told me I was going to have, she said it was either me or her. And I said, well, I'm not getting rid of her. Right. And uh, she, she wound up just coming to it. And, uh, you know, we got married and everything. But, yeah, the snakes have their own place outside. And uh, I'm okay with that because really if I'm not at work, I'm not at church, I'm not in the house, I'm out there. Yeah, so it's not right. really hard to find me. Right. <laughs> One of those places, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or in the car. Sure. Yeah, in the, on the way. Yeah, I got it. So Yeah, yeah, there you go. So um, one other type of, uh, you know, one, I think it's an underrated group of snakes is the Antaresia. You work with the Children's and the Spotted's, right? Uh, I mean, yes, yes. Okay. Um, so I've got a, a reduced pattern. Actually, it's a patternless Children's and oh, okay. male. And I was hoping that I'd be able to maybe prove it recessive because I produced animals and they're normal appearing children's normal spots. And uh, next year should be the first year I'll be able to breed them back and find out. But I think I've seen somebody else that had a uh, patternless children's. So uh-huh. I thought it was pretty rare, but uh, maybe not. Um, and spotted, I work with um, granite. I work with Spotted's and mm. been very slow, but I have what was supposed to be an exantic Spotted Python. Oh. That was oh. bought from, I believe, Bob Clark. And if the story's correct, the way I got it, uh, Dave and Tracy said it was exantic. Uh, the <laughs> colors on it, it, it's really hard to tell because of the colors of a Spotted Python anyway. But you kind of look at the sides where the pattern tint and the color starts to come down towards the belly, and the belly is white. Um, there's a lack of yellow in that bottom color uh, right as it comes to the belly. So I'm raising up heads. I just really haven't put a whole lot of effort into breeding them back. and Because uh, it's kind of – it's one of those that's kind of hard to see. Now, I'm, I'm hoping maybe – uh, mixing it with the granite might produce a little bit more because the blotches aren't so big, so you should see a little bit less of the yellow pigment. Mm-hmm. So I'm raising up. If it is exanthic, I'm raising up double heads. And okay. um, recently That's got cool. into Stimpsons. Oh. Uh, I did have a, a, an adult, well, not an adult female, a lone female, and I just picked up a pair from uh, Terry Burwell. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, great guy, great guy. And uh, yep. he's got some more babies coming, like, shortly. So, you know, somebody wants some Stimpsons. He's going to be a man to hit up. So I'm actually supposed to be getting those in Thursday. Okay. And uh, so it's going to be something. It's, I've kind of wanted to work with those two. And, and uh, so one day I might get some, some pygmies. <laughs> it's just it, – it's something about kind of working with some of the smaller species that have character because some mm-hmm. of my children's have that retic attitude. <laughs> Tiny but little small, man. I got one man. female that flies out of her cage at me every time. But I already know she's going to, so I let her fly at me, and I just reach in behind and pick her up. But I know she's coming straight from my face, so hey, my arm's safe. I just go reach in and pick her up, pull her out the cage. <laughs> They're easily defeated, but you know, yeah, they they have oh, a yeah. lot of effort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got the I got a uh, pair of um, uh, 
like Cape York spotted pythons that they're, they're mm. they actually oh. have really nice stripe. But holy hell, are they evil, man? <laughs> they, they, I, mm, I just mm. like go anywhere near them, and it's just like zoom, you know, like right <laughs> on you, you know, just. Oh yeah. You're like, oh yeah. It's like wrapped around your thumb and you're like, "Oh, look at this. This one has some spunk." You know? Like, yeah, I would. <laughs> oh, now I spend oh, like 2 minutes doing this. Yeah. Go go yeah. in there when you're trying to feed and they come with just mouth wide open and it's not like straight <laughs> at you. They go sideways. They yeah, get yeah, to yeah. the left, with to the right until they find something. If it's the side of the container, if it's the tongues, they bite on something. And then you're like, okay, dummy, you didn't get the rodent, you know, kind of back <laughs> off, let go, you know. But they're so, so when it's time to eat, they're crazy. Right. It's so cool. Do you uh, do you do you find it difficult? Do you work with a certain like as far as the childrens go? Are you working with specific bloodlines? Or are you just working with just you know the <sighs> more the morph type? I of wouldn't. Thing? I wouldn't necessarily say it's. Now we'd love to get some of the black eyes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I got. One female, mm. just kind of a reduced pattern, very good color from Ryan Young. Okay. And um, if anybody remembers back in the Marillia Python forum days, nope, he actually has a picture of uh, a children's python eating a bearded dragon baby. <laughs> oh, God. <And> yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he, bred, he bred a lot, and that's what they do. They They eat bearded dragon baby. So he had one, he bred a lot of bearded dragons. He had one that was born deformed or something. So he fed it to children's. That is the female I now have. <laughs> okay. Uh, then I've got the patternless male and my other pair came from VPI. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and uh, Terry just sort of showed us pictures of the uh, animals you're getting and he uh, says he's printing out the shipping label now. So, uh, they look nice. Sweet. You know. Yeah, they look they're cool. That male is that male is really nice. It's kind of a reduced yeah. pattern type look. It's it's really nice. I was gonna say that. I mean that's kinda cool, like stripey thing he's got going on by his neck. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Those will be fun. I I can't yeah, I can't yeah. do I, I can't do pythons that are that tiny. I'm so worried I'm gonna like it's gonna like bite me and I'll shake my fa- hand and then I'll send a baby children's like flying across the room by accident and you know yeah no i'll uh stick with big things that i know are dopey and i can't break <laughs> oh boy yeah. stay away from pygmy <laughs> well, the good thing is when they when, when yep. they latch on they latch on really good yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's not a problem i've yeah. actually had a uh, one of my first experiences probably with a spotted was a, a young man that had one He's like, oh, yeah, it's tame. So I stuck my hand in a cage, and that sucker reached up and bit me. Hmm. Like, that that space between your thumb and your finger. Oh, like, God of hell. straight on, <laughs> all the way. Oh. And, you know, you could normally get, like, a critic. Or you, you know where you, you hit the side of the jaws and then kind of squeeze it and push forward? And it uh-huh. hit go? Yeah. Well, yeah. he was so far on, you couldn't push forward. Well, there's nothing so there. Just it, it's kind of painful. It was kind of yeah. I was getting a credit card trying to pop them off. It was man, I was kind of ticked off because I'm like, you said this was tame. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, then, then I learned that, that's me just spotted for you. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. I think I had spotted a while ago, but I yeah. 
I fed them like an idiot and I got them to like ball python size. And I think somebody oh. told me I ruined them. So it's like, that was, yeah, no more spotted for Owen. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, going back to, uh, going back to coastals, um, Rockhampton, uh-huh. you work with that locality. Um, are you going to have yeah. any this year? Yeah, I got to get yep. those. The clutch, <laughs> the clutch in the incubator. Damn. Nice. I I'm really looking that. for it. I mean, of, of any <laughs> of any of the locales, that one tends to have the most exanthic type look yeah. that I've seen. Just in, and their head pattern is crazy. I mean, the head stamp, the right? Things that kind of drew me mm-hmm. with their head pattern. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of to me the ones I have tend to have like a zebra head pattern. Ugh. On the top oh, of the head, wow. and the rest of it you could tell, but it, in the color, and so I, even with those, I'm selectively breeding. I've got a male and a female that I've held back that's like really nice, incredible banding, great color, great, great contrast. So, you know, since I didn't have any uh, the last couple of shows, I always take that one male that I'm raising up just mm-hmm. to show them, hey, this is kind of what's coming up, and just the look of it. And they're like, man, I really like that. And it's not an example, it's just. I really yeah. gotta see them in person, like, uh, I because I, it's like, obviously I love Brisbane, and I, I don't think I've been exposed enough to Rockhampton and Port Douglas to make a decision on them, other than just I want them, but I haven't been able to like sit down, look at one, and be like, this is the project I would build with you. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put one in your hands at Carpet Fest. <laughs> and it will leave in my pocket. Anyway. So. Well, the coolest thing is the Rockhampton stays small. I mean, yeah. you put oh. a, a female in a 41-quart tub. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. That is smaller. <laughs> Jesus. For sure, yeah. It's they're cool of, snakes. The more north you go, yeah. the smaller they tend to be. Whereas okay. when you go south, like the Brisbane, you get a lot larger. And that's... I mean, it's kind of a smaller carpet in a, in a less space. And yeah. she does well in that 41 court. Great attitude. Uh, and it's funny, most of all the babies I produce always want to eat me. And mm-hmm. so I've got a couple friends that have them, and I'm like, man, these things are, they, they bite the crap out of me every time. He's got them, <laughs> never bit him once. I'm like, <laughs> freaking be kidding me. That happened. I'm like, <laughs> Maybe it's the water I'm using or something. I don't know, but they just right. I'm like I'm warning you, they're mean. Nope. Don't don't you love it when that happens? Where it's like this animal is just a a flighty, bitey cuss, and then you send it. And like the dude sent you pictures, like of like his daughter holding it, and you're like, what has happened? Like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it, it makes you feel like a liar. You're like, because they always tell them, uh, you know, you guys are at shows and. You take one out of the show, a lot of times yeah. they're really calm and cool and collective. And I warn them, look, when you get home, get it set up in a cage, nice and warm, but after a couple of days, it ain't going to have the same attitude. Mm-hmm. Just be prepared. You know, it, it is a carpet. Now, if as you work with it, you know, I teach them about hook training and stuff Learn like that. Learn your routine. Uh, yeah. and, and be prepared, but it's not this calm one, this calm one that you're always seeing at the show. And explain to them why it's that calm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, like I said, this this buddy got him, and I think to this day, it's been over a year, hadn't been bit yet. <laughs> Jason, you know Jason Bromley? 
Yes. yes from, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's him. Hadn't been a man. Oh, okay. He's had him mm. for over a year. And I'm like, really? I <laughs> sucker like bit me, bit me, put him in the cage, uh, <laughs> your display cage, uh, you know, bite me when I was cleaning cages. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then he gets him like, oh, man, I'll take him out, post pictures of him. I'm like, yep. you got to be kidding me. Bit you while you were loading it up in the box to send to the guy. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I I have the opposite. Eric gives me animals, and he's like, no, it's cool. And then, like, it comes from my face, like, when I'm not paying attention. So, yeah, it's like – and it's vice versa. I'll send him an animal. He'll be like, no, it's good. And then he tells me, he's like, the thing is evil. So, it's like the transition <laughs> between the two of us. They, Our snakes just don't get along with – us, so yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, they're trying Jake to take Jackson. you out one way or the other. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know. They heard the nasty run. things they said about IJ, so yeah. So that's true. Probably story. what it was. Yeah, yep. always. Yeah. So I don't touch Eric's. They know they're coming for me. So so <laughs> you've hatched you've you've hatched out Brisbane's already, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. I was curious, like in a clutch, do you get, I noticed like when I was looking at your page, like you had females that had, you know, that one was darker, one was lighter. Um, mm-hmm. Do typically they throw that in a clutch or is that, you know, uh, depending on who the parents are, do you see that variability in the clutch? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that darker female, uh, mm-hmm. she threw her first clutch last year. Yeah, uh-huh. last year. So I got a clutch out of both of them last year, and then the lighter color one threw a clutch the year before. Um, from what – and there's a few that I picked out from this last year that have a really – it's like their colors starting to come in. Actually mm-hmm. came from the darker female. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I haven't got any that tend to be like red, red yet, because I've seen a few uh, that others around the country have had that just have an insane red. And I haven't seen that yet. And the ones I have, they're more kind of brownish red. Uh, Now, I did get one that's got a lot of red tones, and I think I I posted it. I had it at a show in a deli cup, and I posted a picture of it. I took a picture at the show, and I think I put it on my page. And... Just the banding on it, the color, it's like, okay, this is this is probably going to be a holdback. You know, I mean, with everything, it's like selective breeding, selective breeding. So I've got rock campus I've held back. I've got all the other projects with the caramels and stripes and reds and, and the dark-colored uh, coastals. Then I'm doing Brisbane's, and uh, who knows? If I produce Inland's, I'll probably hold about half that clutch back. And, <laughs> you know, you guys will see me written. Uh, buildings all across the country. Got to uh, house a place for snakes, you know. <laughs> Carpet projects galore. Right. Well, do you do you find it difficult to pick the whole backside of the Brisbane's, or is it kind of like like you're you're figuring it out where where you want to go with these guys? I, I think it's a little difficult at first. Um, from what I've noticed, is they tend to color up a lot later. Okay. Whereas, you know, IJ's, Jungles, I mean, I've talked with, with Howard Redding uh, a couple of times, and, uh, you know, there's certain things on Jungles that he looks for right off the get-go. 
Right. And you know, it with and you guys have bred so right off the first. Uh, sometimes even before the first shed, there's things you can see. You know, after that mm-hmm. first shed, you can tell. After that second and third shed, you start telling a little bit more. So, uh, with each consecutive shed, you know that that whole back group tends to get smaller because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm seeing how you're coloring. This is kind of what I'm I'm looking for. I want to see where this goes. And so I'll have one time where I might have no coastals you know, for sale or about three. And in the next show, I've got eight because I decided, you know, some of these holdbacks um, just kind of going in different areas. They, they're not coloring the way I wanted them to, or I thought they would. And um, so I think it's beneficial if, if you start a project like that, is you kind of hold back a few extra um, just to see how they're going to color um and then kind of start dwindling down, depending on what your project is. I mean, stripes and stuff right off the get-go, it, that's easy. Right. You know, um, contrast for certain things. Sometimes it takes a little bit more to see. But the Brisbane's has been a little bit more work. I'm going to say over probably a year before I can really start saying, okay, these are the ones I want to pick, pick up. Because that's that first clutch. It wasn't until probably this uh, this last year in 18 that I actually started trying to, okay, this is what I want to hold back out mm-hmm. of these because it kind of took that much longer for them to color and see where I wanted to go with those. Whereas the, you know, the red coastals, you know, all that other stuff, it was, it was, it was more apparent earlier. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. You're not you're not planning anything crazy with them, right? You're not going to start crossing them into uh, I don't know, Exanthic or Jag no. or anything insane. Okay, go. <laughs> no, no, with those those is 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 a locality, so I'll keep it like that. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of the it's kind of the mixed bag on it. They've got a distinct look. You want to keep them, but at some point in time. It's like that bloodline is going to die out. You, yeah. You've got a – even if you outcross, they're all, for the most part, all siblings. They right. just were siblings at Nick's place or mine or Austin's or whoever has bought up Brisbane since then that start getting them. And so you're like, okay, there's a little geographic variation, but for the most part, they're all genetically the same because they were all siblings from the get-go. I right. think all the adults – the first ones we got in – we're all siblings. So Nick's adults, my adults, um, uh, what's his name? God, I don't know his name. Uh, Austin. Uh, yeah. His are actually babies from Nick's, I believe, that he's raised up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we were the only three that had breedable adult females last year. And I think Austin slugged out. Nick, I think, had some. Or didn't, but he had some babies left from the previous year. So I was the only one that had Brisbane's last year. Yeah. And I know there's maybe... Yeah. I think there's maybe one or two for this year, but there's not a lot. I mean... No, no. My my group won't be ready till next year. They won't. So... Another another year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And then, then it'll be what about twenty twenty one, and you'll get to start picking your holdbacks. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll start letting them go. Yeah, because they take so much. One. They take so yeah. much longer, you know, to start picking them out. And and because uh, you know, like you've been picking up on these IJs, there's certain things that as you start breeding, oh yeah, they're apparent really, really, really clock off. You know, off the get go. Um, whether it's a color or a pattern or something, you're like, okay, this one I'm gonna hold back. I already know. It it already goes in line with the project I already have, or one I just picked up. Right. Uh, with these Brisbane's take a little bit longer to mature. As far as not necessarily mature, but to kind of come into their colors of, you know, to start distinguishing themselves, other than kind of a reddish brown snake. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Very cool. Um. Oh, but do you have? Uh... Anything else you want to hit on that we can get into before? Uh... I mean, I guess well, as far as projects, what are you planning on, like, in the future? I know you said something about, you said Red Exanic, you said Caramel Exanic. Is there anything else, like, crazy out there that you're just kind of starting to get into? Or Albino just starting Coastal? to build it? There you go. <laughs> like, are you just starting yeah. to build the, pro- the block right of that? you get it, Eric. Right after you get it, Eric, I'm going to buy it from you. <laughs> yeah, uh, very good. We'll That's trade. what I said, you know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to produce uh, Darwin's and Albino Darwin's next year. Nice. Um, I probably could have bred them this year, but I, I just raised them slow. Mm. And uh, so th- they should go next year. And uh, so <laughs> with anything else, there'll be holdbacks. And we'll see how that goes because uh, – you know, we kind of had a small group, and now, like, what Nick's already doing with, the, I guess, the Tiger Darwins, you know, right. that, that <laughs> tend to have this stripe. So now there's there's already starting to be projects. So then I think right. as we start going forward, we start producing more, we're going to get some that probably have a hypo-ish type look. And uh, whether it winds up being that it's a true hypo or it's just a phenotypic look through, you know, successful uh, selective breeding – that you're going to define that look a little more. Um, I think there's going to be uh, plenty of room to, to start doing more with that. Um, yeah. As far as like crazy projects, probably not real crazy. Um, these reduced patterns that I produce, you know, yeah. uh, like I said, I just had a clutch from the same parents that hatched yesterday. So once they kind of start shedding, and especially at that first shed, I'll really – be able to take a good look at them and, and kind yeah. of see how they're looked. And if I got more reduced out of this year, because um, it's the same pair that I produced the year before. And I didn't get any reduced like I did this one. I might've had one or two, but not like extreme, like the ones uh, that Eric actually posted on there. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, um, the, the head stamp on them is gone. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and, and this in and, and the pattern down the side is just kind of I, I hadn't seen another one. It had kind of this dot dash type yeah. almost oscillate type look. Period. And so I was like, okay. And and most of them were all normal appearing coastals. I did have one red. Um some will kind of work that into it, but just the fact of having a reduced pattern coastal um, Pretty bad. You know, we'll, yeah, reminds, I mean, it, it could you kind of rival the uh, the reduced pattern properings. 
But the yeah. American version. Yeah. <laughs> These remind me a ton of those Mona Lisa striped animals that um, Zach had. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. do. They do yeah. look like that a lot. Gorgeous. Yeah, they do. Uh, I didn't even think about that, but they do have kind of that look. I need, I need, I need a building because I'd have so many more coastal projects, and I'd be running myself ragged. But it's like I, God, I mean, how do you pick and choose what's a good project to build off of? Because I mean, I could see these reduced pattern things taking up a whole rack. I mean, yeah, if if I wind up keeping all eight that I've got, yeah, it's very easy to do. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that is correct. I, I yeah. honestly don't remember. I honestly don't remember how many are males and how many are females. I mean, oh, I obviously right. don't need four males, you know, if True. that's what it is. But you kind of hold on to them for a little bit longer and kind of see which ones really trigger yeah. and probably narrow it down to two. Because I yeah. hate to just do one and then it dies and then, yeah, then you're in trouble. the project's dead. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things we all tend to uh, – you, you kind of get money aside and you start getting into projects and you're like, oh, I just need a pair. And then when one of them dies, you've, you've lost it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I go back to when we started getting some of this stuff in my, my first rock Hamptons, I should have been producing years ago. Mm. Uh, female was of size. My male still to this day, can't figure out what it was, but just one day the back half of his body was just limp. It was no. like he broke his back, but he was not in a cage where he could have been pinched when I put him up, nothing. And so I had to wait until the next year to get another one from Paul and raise him up. And I got them all at the same time Nick did. So here he's mm-hmm. producing babies and kind of cornering the market. <laughs> it took like three years before I could catch up and actually start producing so, yeah, if if it would have been – in that situation, it was a limited amount of animals to bring in. Right. But when you have stuff here in a project, man, get get a 2.3 or at least a 2.2. 2. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, it would suck to have, you know, a small group of rough scales and up uh, oh, now, now I can't breed and I well, got to wait for somebody else to get something, you know. Now I'm right. terrified again, and I'm going to go rush out and buy uh, two more rough scales, which means I won't be coming to Australia. Sorry, Eric. No, no, no. Now, no, no, hold up. Hold up. You get, you get a pass. You get a pass. Okay. Yours are going to be good. You just got to right. wait till next year. Well, after okay. you come back from Australia, then you need oh, to Oh, then do it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He just don't I, understand. I speak, it, I speak it out right now that yours are fine. You know, okay. Good. All right. Good. See, I, I feel like one of these times I'm going to make that joke, and then like the next sound I will hear will be Rob Stone kicking in my door to take the money <laughs> and hold it because I can't be trusted. Like he will come from Colorado to stop me. So you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Do you? Uh, obviously, you probably want to go to uh, Australia, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a specific point, yes. spot? I mean, do you want to go see Coastal Carpets? Is that where, where you would go? <laughs> Man. No, he doesn't want to see them at all. He sees them more at home. I mean, yeah. I honestly wouldn't care if it was the ugliest, dirtiest carpet <laughs> no. in Australia. 
You don't. The fact that it was a wild <laughs> orbit in Australia is all that matters. Covered you in know. kicks. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> you don't but care. It's, 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 it's that habitat that we don't see. I mean, we can go out here. You, you know, I can find Texas rat snakes and, and copperheads and stuff in its native habitat. But uh, these carpets, we don't. And, and granted, half the stuff I have in my room, I won't see because they've been selectively bred to a point to stand out more than blend in with the environment. So to see one in the wild and how it blends in and, you know, just get more insight onto the habitat that they exist in, temperatures and, um, yeah. you know, we still kind of always keep this temperature at this range. And there's days it's colder than others and they deal with it. There's days it's hotter than others and they deal with it. And, right. You know, we we trigger everything in. And it's like I don't I don't feed on the same day, and, and it's just yeah. me. I don't feed the same day. I mean, it just depends with my work schedule and everything else. I may have time on Thursday. I'll feed a lot on Thursday, and the next week it may be Saturday or the next one. So that I mean, because they same thing with them. It just food's not available every Thursday. They go ring a bell, and there's a rat right there waiting on them. You know, <laughs> they they have to hunt. Yeah. So it's. If I fed my animals every time, like they showed that they were hungry or faked it, they'd they'd all be mm-hmm. overweight and dead. I mean, like they're not gonna. <laughs> you have to be the thing that stops it. So, like, I'm there thawing out fuzzies to feed to the babies, and my seven foot olive pythons are like, yeah, we'll we'll take one too. I'm like, yeah, no, like you mm-hmm. just stop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you gotta you gotta gauge that. And I I, I think I remember how scared I was of missing a feed day or um, feeding anything other than a white rat to my snakes in the beginning. And now it's like chicks, quail, you know, I'm going to check out turkey next later, see what that does. I mean, like there's a bunch of possibilities now. And if you just kind of get over the past mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. old stigmas and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I feed mine quail from time to time. Yeah. Um, uh, Mice, rats, um, I fed some guinea pigs hmm. when I got a chance to get some guinea pigs. Yeah. Um, rabbit on your larger females, you can do a you know three quarter pound rabbit mm-hmm. and uh, last last a good two and a half weeks, if not three, on uh, <laughs> depending on the size of the carpet in here, they do just fine. And, and rabbit honestly tends to be digested a whole lot better than rat. Yeah, I imagine. They tend to use a lot more of it than uh less ex- excrement than than with rats. Yeah. I would think that they probably eat a lot of rabbits in the wild, like a lot of carpet pythons cuz aren't they invasive over in Australia? Rabbits? Yeah, so are, so are rats and mice. I mean, they're all invasive over there. If it's yeah, not a but... marsupial, it don't belong. <laughs> Good point. Well, yeah. I, I figure they eat a lot of birds, too. I mean, True. I constantly yeah. see pictures of where they're in somebody's chicken coop or they're under a carport, uh, and that's where they're caught because they're up in the carport yeah. catching birds that are nesting up there. So they eat a lot of right. bird in their diet, too. What was that uh, Planet Earth thing? Yeah, bet, thank you. I was about to say that. It was uh, – that Planet Earth thing where it was the scrub and the carpet were just nailing bats as they were flying around. I think that was the mm-hmm. children's python. I don't know. 
but they do eat the bats for sure because we've seen pictures do. of those big, you know, coastal carpets eating those flying foxes and stuff. Jesus, mm-hmm. they'll eat yeah. anything. I mean, That's we need cool. to start getting away from that. They will, they will eat anything. So, pretty much, pretty much. Yep. Your dog, your cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my dog. No, no, but your dog. Not mine. Yeah, my dog. Because, That's what I yeah, said. Your dog. Oh, yeah. My dog. <laughs> yeah, my dog. tiny little dogs. <laughs> your tiny little dogs is not mine. Yeah. yeah well, so. They say they say your dogs look like your own. Their owners over time. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Just a little hobby. He's got dog. Hobby you know? dog? He's got yeah. dachshunds. So yeah, yeah, Dotsons. yes, he does. Miniature dachshunds. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny. Tiny dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, they do this. Right his, his dogs can walk under mine and not touch the stomach. Like, they would just go right under him. So You know, it was uh, funny. At the, la- oh, at the last Carpet Fest, um, David Means shows up with this, like, what would you say? That scrub was, like, what, 12 foot long, Owen? It's a big scrub. It's a big-ass yeah. scrub. And he's got it out, out back in my uh, in my yard. And, uh, you know, it's just cruising around and my dogs are just running around and I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, get my dogs inside because that snake would have just, yeah, I would have been divorced. That that would have been (laughs) so quick. Yeah, that would have been bad. (laughs) Carpet Fest would have been over quicker than you know. (laughs) Oh, dear. Before before that dog was digested, that ink would already been on the paper. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that quick. That you quick. Got the printer. You got to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'll start selling off IJs to pay for the divorce. Oh, it would be just bad. Oh, it's gotta be. I mean, <laughs> Stephen Katz would be happy, but I mean, it's a tragic situation. But yeah, it's yeah. you know. It's true. <laughs> So, oh, God. Oh, and maybe you should uh, you do your closing questions. Uh, I don't think we did that when when uh, Michael was on before. So maybe hit on because that. Every time, we'll, uh... every time I'm not on, you just seem to forget everything that I do for the show. You know, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You are correct. Anyway, like the first time he's been on. I know, right? It's like what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Michael, I guess we ask everybody on the show um, if you could have mm-hmm. any reptile uh, with no limitations of price, legality, or anything like that, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. Uh, I want to say probably right now I really, really like rough-scale pythons. <laughs> and uh, and okay. it's, it's just because of I actually got to hold one and get to see it But I actually am, am Starting to lean towards uh, Monitors Small oh, no. monitors Okay so, I, I don't know yet That would have to be a storage building with plenty of room <laughs> mm. And get rid of coastal projects But uh, it's just something about <laughs> Being able to to, to mess with them because you don't you don't even see those at shows anymore. And I yeah. remember you know back when you used to see red and yellow ackies at shows all the time, and now you don't see anything but like bearded dragons, leopard geckos, and crested geckos. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. The, the smaller monitor lizards are gone. So it would be a toss-up probably between those two. Okay. All right. That's, uh, would you do red or yellow, Aki? I like the red. Yeah, me They're too. both really cool, <laughs> and I just I think I would have to pick the red. If it yeah. was only one choice, I'd probably have to take the red. Okay. All right. So, if you could go herping anywhere on the planet, where would you want to go, and what would you be hoping to find? Well, I like carpet pythons, so, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and I am on Morelia Pythons Radio, so yeah. if I didn't yeah. say Oz, I, I'd probably be in the wrong business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Australia, for sure. I mean, in, in to, it really wouldn't matter what I found. It's just, you know, there's 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 bearded dragons, there's, you know, olives, there's carpets, there's blue-tongued skinks. Uh, scrub pythons, uh, different little geckos, just yeah. anything. Uh, so it really wouldn't matter uh, uh, anywhere in Australia. Yeah, just, right. I mean, just to be able to see any of these animals. Yeah, I, I'm going to be excited to see like kangaroos and like you know, um, dude, you really like, will. <laughs> I know it's like, and yeah. Rob, Rob nearly was, Rob nearly walked into a cassowary when they were down there. So I'm going to want to see that. I mean, you know, it's, you know, there, there. I think you, it's going to be a ton of fun. So yeah, definitely. I think the only thing that I would not want to, I remember pictures from one of these last trips was like Nick yep. covered in these huge flies. But the rest of the trip, I think was great. You know, hanging out with some guys, uh, looking for snakes and taipans and whatever else you come across yeah. uh, would be great. I just don't <laughs> the flies would be, uh, I love how be like, rough. Nick is like the rugged camper and we're like going to go glamping where we're going to be like out in the woods and then we're going to go back to our Airbnbs at night. It's like we're <laughs> nowhere near his level of uh, doing this. So whatever. Sleeping in a tent above the car and you guys are going yeah. to Airbnb. Yeah. You know, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Come come out in the morning with a, a fresh shower and a mimosa. Yeah, and a cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. beans and Cowboy coffee and yeah, they smell, right. man. No, dude. <laughs> <Get the fuck. laughs> um, but no, that that's awesome, dude. Um, I guess that's it. Uh, if you could, if you wanted to, right now, throw out any of the info that you want to have uh, people to know to, where to get in contact with you, uh, what you got coming up, maybe like show wise. You know, uh, how do how do people reach you? Uh, right now. Uh, my business page on Facebook, Python and a Pear Tree. Uh, I'm really bad at website. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to get a web page together, but you know, some some things just have to take precedence, and that hadn't been very high right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd rather take care of and feed the snakes and clean up the you know mess. Um, so I haven't got that yet, but you know, uh, through you know Facebook, my my personal page, Michael Pinnell, or or through Python and a pear tree. Um, I, the NERBC in Arlington, I almost have a standing two tables up towards kind of the front uh, every show twice a year. Um, upcoming show actually happens to be the same weekend as Northeast Carpet Fest. 
unfortunately. And um, so I'll be in Conroe, uh, Texas, just north of Houston. It's about okay. a three-hour drive from here. So um, if I can ever get somebody, if the shows stay on that same date and I can get somebody to kind of front the table for me, I may just have to fly up and come hang out with you guys. Otherwise, I might have to wait till, uh, uh we have another Southern Carpet Fest or, I mean, wanting to try to get out. Ian's been inviting me out to Southeast. And mm-hmm. it's just so yeah. early in January with my vacation, trying to get vacation off at work right. uh, yeah. has been really hard. And I just took a new position at work and now I'm working like 12 hours a day, getting up at one o'clock in the morning oh, and, wow. you know, take care Jeez. of snakes. And yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I want to come out to Arlington, you know, I want to see how that looks. Yeah, that would be good. It's not uh it's not near as big as Tinley from what I've been told by everybody. Right. It's not near as big as Tinley. It's it's I think it's a really good show. Mm-hmm. Um I'm 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 wanting, wanting to make it up to Tinley just to come hang out. I don't know if I actually come up and vend uh until I actually kind of get to see it because there's always there's already kind of a set group of guys that are there every year. And yeah. um Right. But I want to come up, check it out, hang out, and then, you know, maybe in the future. But hauling animals for 12, 14 hours. Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's old. not fun. It's it really does. I mean, what is it? We, we do that for Tinley uh, once a year. And people are like, why don't you do it twice a year? Because once is enough. Like, that's no. So, yep. And then, and then you've got to balance, you know, when you actually mm-hmm. have animals available. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're making that long of a drive for a spring show and you have, like, a few animals left from last year, it, it's not really making a lot of sense other than just come and hang out with guys. But in the fall, you know, you have animals available. You can come hang out. You can actually kind of pay for your trip. Uh, so it has its benefits, and that's kind of why I haven't done as many shows uh I think I've only done three shows so far this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, this Conroe show has always been a really good show for me. So, like I said, unfortunately, it falls on the same weekend as uh, the Carpet Fest. But right. one of these days. Awesome. Yes. Well, yes. We'll keep having them until, you know, one of us, <laughs> until you one make of it. us is dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Awesome. Um, man. I guess we're going to wrap it up, but uh, it's a pleasure as always. Thank you for coming on and hanging out. And yes, sir. Talk. Yes, sir. We'll swing back around, dude. You know, we'll have you back on probably less time than the last ones. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring you back on sooner. Works for me. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, works for me, man. Appreciate what you guys do. Thanks, Thanks, dude. man. So uh, we'll catch up with you a little later. And uh, get, you, you and me are going to talk when I get back from Australia about – how many coastals you can send me. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We can do that. Did it. We'll hook it up on the fly. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was yeah. More of a package deal. Mine and Eric's yep. just come in one box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Just one box. Oh, yeah. Cool. We'll do it. Perfect. All right, man. All right, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you guys have a good evening. You, you too. too, Mike. We'll talk to you. All right. Bye. Later. Awesome. You feel good now, Owen? I do. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's, just so much, it's 
Dude, see, see, after we talked to Michael, I'm just like, God damn it, get rid of all this other <laughs> shit. Give me, give me reduced, give me a reduced pattern jack, reduced pattern coastal project in this these bins. Give me Brisbane right. here, Rockhamptons, Port Douglas. What are these jungle crap doing here? Get these out of here! Like I you never know, understood like, that. I, I don't know. What a loss, man! I, I, Shut up! I, All right, you know, don't <laughs> stop talking. Deep in thought right, right now. Uh, it's very like, good. Well, Your head's spinning. I can feel it. Well, because think about it. <laughs> It's like, listen, the jungles are here. Why? Because the jungles freaking sell. Because you can always sell a black and yellow carpet python. But right. they take up the cages that I could fit all these such pretty coastal projects in. Uh, yeah. uh, and then the bread lie, and then there's Darwin's here. I got rid of all those stinking IJs, thank God. But, you know, it's... Oh, you have Darwin's? I didn't know you had Darwin's. Yeah, Darwin's, yeah. Oh, I have a uh, Darwin. I have another oh, yeah, because, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because you know, I, I, and I've thought about getting rid of that, but I'm like, you waited so long for albino carpet pythons, you're just gonna ditch it? Like, you know, come on. Right. Of course, I say this now. If albino coastal hit the United States tomorrow, there would be no Darwins here. No <laughs> they would be gone. <laughs> One day. Uh, One day. Yeah, maybe when I'm sixty. You know, yeah, we'll be retired then. No worries. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So Northeast Carpet Fest, just as a recap, June eighth, Warminster, PA. Um, you know, uh, uh, we should say usually the time starts around three o'clock. Yep. You know, but if you get there a little bit earlier, that's cool. Um, be warned, if you get there early, we will put you to work. And last time, Eric made people build him a fire pit. So, you know, yeah, you had to haul rocks and all yeah, kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, maybe you show up at three o'clock. So, it's, you know, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. You are, Riley. Yes, yes we can't both um, <laughs> read the same thing at the same time. It's, yeah, yeah no, that's, dead that's stupid. Um, yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, this is a carpet fest. Uh, you know, uh, it should be a great time. I think this will be bigger than it was last year. I just have that feeling. Um, so if you you know who to contact, you know who to hit up. If you have any questions, feel free to uh, to message us. But June eighth, and if you're on the fence, man, just go. I'm telling you, I'm yeah. telling you, I'm. I promise you, the food alone you- is worth the trip. And you lose nothing. If you go and this isn't your scene, you can leave and you've you've lost nothing. But I promise you're going to end up staying because you're going to get in conversation with somebody or you're going to start seeing some of Eric's collection and you're going to see an animal that you've only ever seen pictures of or you're going to encounter something you've never thought you'd encounter. Like, you know, it'll be worth it. So definitely come out. And everybody who is coming out, remember, don't come empty handed. We got to make sure we have enough to go around. So bring a dish of food or bring a case of drinks or you got to bring something. Just let me know what you're bringing. Okay. That's beautiful. Okay. Um, Next week, still up in the air, Um, but uh, we're working on it. All right. Cool. Uh, So for us, so Morelia Python radio dot net, net. <laughs> is uh, 
is our I, I kind of just I, I kind of put it out there so you can go and check it out. It's not done, but um, you just know, yeah, those those pictures of me, the like the like I think they were in two thousand like nine or ten. Yeah, no, we oh, got you with the eggs. Uh, You're like yeah. I don't look like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Young Owen, yeah. Young, I Owen, like it. That fool. Yeah, look yeah. at that idiot. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think it I think it turned out pretty cool, and there's still more that we're going to be adding to it as as it goes along. But um, and the main thing, the main reason why I wanted to do it is now I can get the blog going. So we're going to yeah. be uh, putting the tip of the week and the blogs and all that kind of stuff will be all on MoreliaPythonRadio.net, and eventually I'll get MoreliaPythonRadio.com to to both of them just go to the same place. So, but for right now, it's MoreliaPythonRadio.net. Um. So yeah, check it out. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah, and if you want to follow the podcast, uh, you know whatever, you know you can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, what's the other one? So whatever uh, podcast app you use, yeah, we're all you'll be able to find sold. the show. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, the older um, episodes, the older episodes, you're gonna have to go to Blog Talk. And uh, listen to um, you can go straight to MoreaPythonRadio.net and listen to the show on there if you if you so choose. Nice, um, but uh, don't but worry, yeah. we shall liberate the archive eventually. But um, yes, it's um, and uh, I was thinking about doing a thing. Um, I, I got a few people asking me questions about uh, the wood cages that I'm building. Um, yes. with the help of good friend Keith McPeak. I've been thinking about doing a step-by-step kind of instructional thing because I have learned some stuff um, doing nice. this whole thing. And, um, dude, one part, you know how expensive glasses? Yes. Dear Lord. So, like, yeah. my original plans were crap because the to put the glass that I originally had planned in all these cages would have been worth, would have been more expensive than, like, all the other building materials combined. So, um Plastic? No, um, just cut down the amount of space in the front. So oh. basically, I added, um, I added front like sides, so like it shrunk in, and you know, it went from a six foot opening to a like three and a half foot. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, for myself, Ev Morelia, evmorelia.com, dot net. Same thing. Um, and if you want to get in touch, Eric at ebmorelia.com. Cool. Facebook, uh, for Instagram, me, that stuff. Yep. All that go stuff. Ahead. For me, Rogue Dash Reptiles. You can also go to Facebook, look up Rogue Reptiles on that. Give us a like. I still have babies. I'm not really been posting up pictures because I don't really have too many and I'm not expecting too many. If my bread lie lays, um, that will be changing very quickly. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, and then uh, as far as shows, uh, there's nothing coming up. Uh, but I am going to valiant, valiantly retrieve my table for Hamburg again. Uh, and because uh, I know enough people who said that they would watch it for me on di- on shows that I can't make it. So uh, I'll hopefully have that back coming this fall uh, to be out there again. So, uh Yeah. Uh, also on Instagram at rogue underscore reptiles, you can follow me there and uh, see pictures of all the cool stuff I throw up there. That's it. Um, that's all we have for everybody. And we'll say thank you all for listening. 
And we will catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.